He really hits that one. Oh, that is just sensational from Luis Figo. And then Ronaldo! Hello and welcome to the Portuguese Football Show. It's been a while since I've uh, been able to say that. Uh, I am Adam Barton and I'm joined by Philippe. Philippe, how's it going? I'm good, mate. And you? Nice to see your little face again. It's been a while, so we've had a bit of a... It's definitely been over a month. It might have been even even more than that, to be honest. Just um, some time away planning and preparing for next season and also uh, waiting for the season to... To wind down, we've got some really exciting games coming up. Two more fixtures in the Premier League, so we'll be covering uh, those and the permutations and some of those big moments. So this is sort of a preview for those last two games and also a look ahead uh, to what that could mean for next season. But delighted to be back. A lot has happened since our last podcast. In fact, I'm going to pull up the date of our last podcast. Philippe, have you got any guesses? I you think, think the last time we uploaded I feel it was like the end of March, so I'm going to go for like 27 of March because I checked not long ago, so I, th- yeah. I think it's like 27. Okay. Well, actually, it's even earlier than that. The 16th of March. Whoa. So it's now the 5th of May. It'll be the 6th of May by the time this comes out. So nearly two months, 10 days shy of, of, of two months. And nothing happened in Portuguese football. In no, there. nothing happened at all. We look at the top five in the table and it's still the same. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be discussing the top and the bottom. Some of the transfers and some of the rumoured transfers that have started to happen as well because now that the uh, now that the season is coming to a close, uh, lots of players who are rumoured to move uh, or speculated have have um, have started to come to fruition. So it's quite exciting looking to see already these early building blocks that the likes of Porto, Benfica, and Sporting are putting in place. Obviously, we've had some managerial changes as well uh, with uh, with Benfica, so we'll get into that. So let's um, let's just dive straight into it. So, in fact, Philippe, what we'll do, we'll start with some news that came out today. That relates to a young Spanish fullback uh, who is currently playing uh, for Juvenil Sporting. That's Pedro Porro, who has allegedly, apparently, uh, whatever the word you use is when something's not official, but it's it's official without being official. Uh, official communication is expected to follow uh, very shortly, and that's that they have triggered the 8.5 million buy option. The Spanish fullback signs. On a three-year deal, release clause of €45 million. Euros. Manchester City, interestingly, have a buyback clause of €20 million. Euros. Thoughts thoughts on that, Philippe? To be honest, it's, like, it's not a big news, is it? Because I remember speaking when I think it was around November, December time. We're doing a podcast mm-hmm. when there was a lot of um, talking on Twitter. Even Pedro Porro got involved as well with, with yes, some of the did. theories. So <laughs> I think this is everyone was expecting this to happen. Uh, yeah. What's more incredible is that the money that Sporting Mai used to buy Porro, it can be the Sporar money because if Millsburg goes to the playoffs, will be 8.5 mm-hmm. million, which is 
incredible for the same money they'll sell a striker they never play very well for for Ruben Amorim they might buy one of the well at, I don't know I, I I don't think I remember a better right back in Portugal um in in the last few years to be fair I think he he, he went better than Danilo um, and Danilo is quite good at Porto as well, but I think Pedro mm-hmm. Porro is on a different level. That even if yeah. Sporting buys him now and he wants to go straight away, they can make that double money um, very, yeah. very easily. So, yeah, as I say, release clause of forty-five million. I mean, yeah, I, it, it's a, it's a, it's a Spain international, isn't it? For eight point five million euros, you can't, uh, you can't argue. And then you are right, uh, as you say, Andres Spara. If Middlesbrough managed to make it through the playoffs, then that's. Um, that's that's automatically triggered. Uh, there was another there was another thing in Spara's contract automatically triggered. Oh, it was goals. So they actually put two things in his contract to sort of to try and ensure that it would be made permanent. And one of them, he had to reach a certain number of goals. Well, he he's way off whatever the target was. So um, <laughs> I so think po- if the target Spara, was five goals, it would be way off. I'm joking. Yeah, I, I'm not I, really sure how many goals he's scored this season, but... I... He's got... Um, in the Championship, he scored eight. But, I mean, that is in 34 appearances. Yeah. So, it's not... It's not great. It's not great. It's not great. Two two assists. Um, but, to be honest, I don't watch Middlesbrough week in, week out, so I don't know his overall play. I mean, they, they're, they're doing well in the league, so, you know, two points off the playoffs. Maybe he's, uh, he's turned into this all-round... Uh, striker, who knows? <laughs> um, but good luck to Andres Sparar and Middlesbrough as well. And um, Benfica, we 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 completely missed this out as we were off the air, as they say. Is and that's uh, Roger Smith is the new Benfica manager for for the uh, for the upcoming season. An interesting decision. The PSV manager is um, mixed 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 reviews from. PSV fans, a lot of them seem to uh, seem to have enjoyed the, the job that he's done there, and some of them aren't aren't as keen. But I suppose that's football. One thing is for certain is that he's got a big job on his hands uh, with with Benfica because at the minute, as things stand, they are on seventy one points, which means thanks to the improved coefficients in the last couple of years, they do have a shot at UEFA Champions League qualification, but it will not come automatically. They will have to play uh, the qualifying round and then also the playoff round will be against uh, some some big sides in there. But a little bit of talk has already came out about the, the type of player or the profile of player that Schmidt is, is reportedly after and also what his feelings are towards the players who are already at Benfica, who will stay, who will go. Uh, one came out the other day um, for... Uh, regarding Jota, the winger who's at Celtic at the moment, and that is that the Scottish club will will trigger that, and Roger Smith is apparently happy to let Jota go. The final decision, however, interestingly, um, it, it's not as simple as a trigger. Jota actually has the final say, so even if Celtic wanted to trigger it, Jota wants to go back to Benfica, he could, so he was given sort of the choice. Rumours came out um, is that Jota wants to stay really, really wants to stay. But it's been boosted by the fact that if Celtic do win the league, which it looks like they will, due to the Russians not playing in the UEFA competition, Celtic actually go directly to the group stage for the first time in, in some time. So he's getting, you know, six group stage games guaranteed in the Champions League. That's what Jota wants to be doing. He wants to be playing at that level. Um, 
So if it's not at Benfica, at least he's got a good uh, sort of backup plan there. So, but just on on Smith himself, Philippe, any ideas about the? Because I think I know you you've watched PSV in the past. You've got on to me about some of the players in the past, some of the young players. What's what's he like? What's Schmidt like? What, what what will he bring to Benfica? Do you think? To be honest, I was quite um, first of all surprised that Benfica went for him, and I'm I'm conflicted. In one way, I think he's. I'm not one of those people that think the big clubs in Portugal need to have all uh, always Portuguese coaches. Um, there was a time like maybe 15, 20 years ago that it was the opposite. They, to be a good team in Portugal, had to have a foreigner coach. But obviously that changed quite a lot, especially after the, the Mourinho effect. Um, and now it's, it's very rare that we have one of the big clubs bringing a foreigner coach. Obviously in Sporting it was Kaiser, but... Even up before Kaiser, it's, it's quite tricky to find one that had success in, in Portugal. We had Kuman in, in Benfica that didn't really work 100%. But Portugal really relies a lot. If they're not Portuguese coaches, lately it's been for, for um, coaches from the Netherlands. Um, obviously, Schmidt is not from the Netherlands, but been coaching there uh, with PSV the last couple of years. Um, in one way, I wanted to work because the idea you can bring to the Portuguese football is, is good. Um, same thing as when Kaiser went to Sporting is a very expensive football and and the ideas are good, but my problem is if he doesn't if he comes in and it doesn't adapt to some of the way that Portuguese teams play, I think he'll struggle and and I think Befik is in a moment where they're not going to be patient enough with him. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is in the Netherlands. Teams tend to play very open, even against Ajax and PSV. That's why it's quite high score games. In Portugal, that doesn't happen because uh, you've seen Portuguese football and everyone that listens to the show seen Portuguese football. So if you go and play against Benfica, Sporting Porto, even Braga, you tend to defend deep and don't allow much space. And I think that will be his biggest way to adapt because it will be the first time they will be playing week in and week out against teams that will be defending very, very deep. So I, I'm yeah. quite scared on that because there will be something that will need, he'll need to learn to adapt and he's not going to have time to do it. So, and yeah. and again, there's a lot of talks about players. Now is Mario Gotts as well being talked about bringing they might come to, to Benfica, which I, I don't understand um, because I think it makes zero sense. Um and I, I don't think just by coming to Benfica, he will improve the team because player by player, the Benfica players are better than the PSV players. And so ugh, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that will work because of the patience factor and, and the fact that he will start straight away with important games for the Champions League. He's not going to have much time to train because everything next season will start earlier because of the of the World Cup. It looks like a mix of things that initially, if you look at it, you think is a good idea. But everything around Befik and the, and the calendar and the circumstances are getting around to make it very, very hard for him. So, yeah. I would not be surprised if he's amazing and everything goes well, but I would not be surprised either if he gets sacked in in November before the World Cup. Yeah, so it is. It's 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 especially not finishing, not finishing in the top two and having one of those automatic spots does. Uh, it it can really derail your season. I mean, we only have to have uh, to look at the um, to look at the season at the start of the season when Benfica when they went and spent sort of all all that money with the hope of. Making it to the Champions League, you know the 
the the same window when they they, they signed the likes of uh, Luca Waldschmidt and, and those type of players. They spent big, and you know it, it didn't come off. And then straight away, you sort of you feel that pressure. Then and they they don't really want to be playing Europa League football. They want to be sort of in the Champions League and mixing it. And you know if you fail to meet that objective. That's a very early objective. Uh, it's a fa- it's not as if that objective comes midway through the season and by that point you've already got the fans on your side and you've got that little bit of leverage, that little bit of leeway. It's like, okay, this is what we want to do. Uh, Benfica have spoken for years. Um, they keep reiter- reiterating it even now about this this European ambition, not just domestically. They want to be European, European heritage that Benfica we're known for and. That will be, you know, a big blow. But we'll we'll see. Recently won the Dutch Cup with PSV, uh, so you know, I think he's got quite a quite a good points per game. But again, something like the Eredivisie, where if 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 you're not playing Ajax uh, or Feyenoord, you're expected to to pick up points. So you know, points per game at about two two point five is is a two zero point five. Sorry, is 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 expected. I mean, it's points per game. Uh, this season has been two point three nine, which is which is brilliant, really. Twenty four wins out of thirty one. But Portugal is um, Portugal's different. Portugal's a different league to play in, and as you say, it's less expansive. It's uh, you know it's a lot more at times defensively uh, sort of structured. Then you've got to factor in the other things in terms of the Premier League has less ball in playtime than the Eredivisie does, which, which we've seen from stats this season. So again, dealing with those sorts of frustrations. Less of a fluid game, um, but again, best of luck. To always interesting to see someone who I don't know too much about. I don't know too much about Schmidt style. I know he likes to play with uh, primarily in a four three three. I think, but be interesting no, to yeah. see. Yeah, so yeah, so interrupt it, and it's it's good. Like and and this is obviously very easy to say that this coming to Portugal will be a different reality. But just for trying to explain a bit better, he will come from a way that he coaches and he likes to coach. is based on like transition games, which is when when you're coaching a team for a week, doesn't matter the level, and and that's your philosophy. So everything is evolving in transition. So you lose, you win. You lose, you win. And it's, it sounds obvious and every team wants to do this, but obviously if you have an hour and a half slot of, of coaching, then you need to really choose what to do in that time. And we'll come to a team that Benfica where that those type of sessions, they're not going to be the biggest thing because what he wants to do is break down teams, which is a very different way of thinking a game and planning a game. So that will be the thing they need to adapt, not just coming in and to know how the other teams play because you can do that by video. I'm pretty sure he knows almost every single play in Portugal because you have that ability now to know everything. But mm-hmm. is in the coaching that will be his biggest difference because you go to a new club and that happened to me in like very obviously different level than what these guys are. But you go to a club and you've every player and and if you even as a player that happens the same someone comes in and joins the session with you you judge them very very quickly in football everything is very quickly so you really want to when you go to a new club as a manager or as a coach you want to go and boom put on a session that you know is going to be good like it's going to be intense the players going to like it you're going to give some ideas and you're going to have them in your pocket straight away the problem is when your session is not relevant to the contest of the club and or the or the league and the players know that this is not something that might work and that might be the issue. So yeah. we'll see. 
looking forward to it to be honest. And um, with with Benfica on the on the tip of our tongue here, uh, interesting to to note as well that we could have uh, we could have a repeat of uh, two thousand and eleven, the the FC Porto team uh, managing to uh, secure the title at uh, Benfica. Uh, that is the it's on the seventh, isn't it? Yeah, is Saturday. it on Saturday that yeah, game? Saturday. Yeah. So at the minute, as things stand. Porto are on 85 points, Sporting on 79. Uh, so, obviously, a win would guarantee the Premier League uh, title. They have to go away to Benfica. Um, so, very interesting one. Interesting one for Benfica as well because, I mean, they're, they're trying to work out which of the lesser of two evils. But either way, they do not want Porto to win the title at their, their home. If, if Whoever's old enough or was watching Portuguese football back in, in 2010-11 season... Uh, when the um, when they turn the lights out, turn the lights infamously, out, the, yeah, uh, ironic, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, ironic that the uh, stadium the lose had the uh, had the lights off, um, so it wasn't quite the stadium of lights, and um, the it, to be honest, it actually made for even better images if you look back now at the uh, at the celebrations. The players are just absolutely soaked with alcohol, <laughs> running around with flags on, hats on. Yeah, basically dancing on the on the Benfica pitch. Could well be a reality again. Different circumstances this time round, but uh, Porto have the chance uh, the chance to do that. But whilst we're talking about the uh, the title, Philippe, there's another battle just slightly slightly beneath uh, the, the, the top four, which you actually made a really interesting point about. I'm going to bring this up. This is this is the only we reason actually... actually we're doing this podcast is just to make yeah. sure we have this moment of yeah. <laughs> happiness for me. <laughs> and I I will be providing screenshots if anybody asks for these screenshots. So on the second of April, I text Philippe saying Aruka, bro, wow, <laughs> and that was it. Uh, that that relates to uh, Aruka winning two one. The amazing uh, goal Silva. of uh, Andres Silva. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he scored twice within uh, within within a couple of minutes, and they actually had ten men. If you remember, David Simao was sent off in the first half. Uh, it was an absolutely insane game. The ending of the game was insane. Uh, there was a sending off for Gil Vicente as well. They had a, a couple of buckets for like a scuffle, and then they actually scored themselves in the ninety second minute. It was a fantastic game, uh, one we did definitely covered on the podcast if we weren't off air. Um, so, Philippe. Actually replied saying, hot take, Gilles Vicente to only win one more game until the end of the season. Now, bear in mind, the f- before they lost to Aruca, this was Gilles Vicente's form. Uh, win, draw, win, win, draw, win, win, draw, draw, win, draw. And then they lost to Aruca. So for Leap to go on record and say on the 2nd of April that they would only win one more game until the end of the season. Is, is definitely a hot take. Uh, another hot take he had is that he thought Vittoria would finish above them. Now, at that time, I don't know what the points difference was, but it was a, a hell of a lot bigger than it is today. <laughs> uh, since Philippe said that Shield would only pick up one more win, they obviously lost 2-1 to Aruca. They then lost 2-1 away to Morinains. they drawn 2-2 with Famalicao. they drawn 1-1 with Passos de Ferreira. And then they were smacked 4-1 by Sporting. Now, going into the last two games, this is where it really gets interesting. So, Gilles are on 48 points in the in a Europe, in a European play, sorry. Sixth place, Vittoria, 
are on 44 points, so four points difference. Gil Vicente's last game of the season, away to Vitoria. Obviously, this might not be the dramatic game that we're all hoping for if Gil go and uh, go and beat uh, Tondela in their next game. Uh, but it would be very, very exciting <laughs> if Vitoria uh, managed to in there because I think Vitoria's next game is Bovi away. So if they can go there uh, and get a result, bit of man Vitoria of um, uh, aren't in too bad a form. I think they've only lost two games in the last eight or nine, um, unbeaten in the last three, only lost one in the last four. Bovista away, they get a result there and, and somehow Gilles slip up against Tondela. Going into that last game of the season uh, would be an absolutely incredible game. But, uh, Philippe, are you still are you still of the opinion that Vittoria will do it? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my only mistake was saying that Gilles would win one more game. I should have said should, no more wins because <laughs> I don't think they're going to win against Tondela. They might, they might drop. I don't think they'll win. And then mm. in the last game, they'll they'll definitely lose against Vitoria because mm. I, I just, I just honestly, and and the reason was that I think after that Braga game, everyone was watching Gil Vicente now because it was quite, even though they were doing a very very good season, they were still quite a bit under the radar. And mm-hmm. and that, that after that game against Porto, uh, that where they draw um, and mm-hmm. and they play Come quite on. well, yeah. then a few weeks later they went and won in in Braga in a moment where they were just one point after their win they were one point behind Braga, so everyone was actually watching them and be like these guys can actually finish top four, top four, and yeah. I think that was just where where the click went and and I don't know then the news of Samuel in definitely leaving came in. Um, Vitor Carvalho really dropped form, so he's not he was not playing anymore. Fran Navarro spent a few games. Now he's back on scoring, but he spent a few games without scoring. Was even I think there was two or three games where he was on the bench. Um, yeah. So there was a very new and different things coming in. The, the goalkeeper um, they they kept changing now as well, and now he's not even Trimal playing anymore, and and he's um, um, Andrew. Um, Andrew yeah. So there was a lot of changes. I don't obviously don't really know what happened. If there was really just feeling the pressure and and just start dropping points, but even the way they play, they're not they're not playing the same way um, as no. in terms of being as fluid as as before, um, and and that. So I honestly think they they'll finish um, six, which will still take them to probably Europe because it will be likely that Porto wins against Ondel in the in the final of the cup, so the sixth place will go to to the one of the qualifiers for conference, but. Um, You'll still look back and think it could have been so so what so much be, better. Yeah. What could have been? I mean, as you say, they were a point where they were only a couple of points behind Braga, and you look now, Braga have are on sixty two points, and Gilles Vicente are on forty eight. And I think when someone is having you know a sort of remarkable season, to that that last home straight experience does come into it a lot. Uh, we 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 see that we saw that before with with even with the likes of Benfica, and obviously Braga is that when. You know, a little bit of a dip in form, but we always think, you know, they'll, they'll they'll get back to it. They'll they know what to do when they when it, when it's crunch time, and they usually put it together a good run of form. And and that's um, that's you know, Braga have managed to really really pull away now. Now it's became a battle between uh, Vittoria and Gilles. So, I mean, to be honest, I like the drama. Me too. Definitely keep an eye out for those. Um. Uh, Beisad are on 25 points at the bottom of the table. Morin entered on 26 uh, in 17th place. 
Uh, Tom Deller on 27 in 16th place. And then you've got Aruka in 15th place on 30. So they're three points off uh, that playoff uh, position. And remember, only the bottom two go down. 16th place team will have to play, uh, in my opinion, probably... Who do I think? Ooh, not too sure. That could be a, not... a discussion for later. <laughs> yeah, discussion for later. If you read, if you read the article, I'm not sure if I said who, but I actually I did a little piece about each team's remaining fixtures and who has the easiest fixtures remaining. So we're not going to spoil that. You'll have to go to prosimir-shoreladder.com to read that. Uh, all three teams in the Segunda Liga are guaranteed at least a promotion playoff place. So go and read that. And uh, and you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> and um, yeah, so so at the bottom of the table, as I say, all, all the way up to um, all the way up to quite high up the table. I mean, they're, they're all on sort of similar points: 30, 32, 33, and then obviously the likes of Portman and Estoril start pulling away on thirty-five and thirty-six. But let's have a look at the the relegation battle, fully. So I think um, from family come up. Uh, so Famalicão, Portimonense, Estrela, the ones you said, they are safe. I would say Vizela in another... It's it's very unlikely, but I don't think they're safe just because they now they play Maritimo. And if Moreirense wins that game, um, that, and Moreirense will play... Let me just check quickly. I had it here. They've got they've got Vizela on the last day. And they got Vizela. So if Vizela yeah, loses yeah. against Maritimo and Moreirense goes and wins against Estoril... And because the last game will be Moreirense against Vizela, uh, Vizela might That's be right. actually in in, in the, still in this fight. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but to be honest, and then you have Tondela. Tondela is a, is a funny story as well because he's probably the change of manager that I least understand this season. Um, they were not great with Paco, yeah. but Paco was doing a good job. I think they were playing way better than they are playing now. Um, they took him to the semi-final of the Portuguese Cup. He won the first leg 3-0. So I think they are in a final more because of their first leg than the second leg where they drew against Mafra. And since Nunkamp yeah. started, they've just been playing terrible, so bad. very, very bad football. The second half against Passos on, on, on last Monday was terrible to watch um so i think they will they'll probably go down bulnens to be fair I, th- I i don't think i think he'll still go down maybe still in last but the job that franklin is doing is has been very very positive in my view because proper fight, no we? one definitely yes last time we spoke uh, i don't think by then like a month and a half ago everyone would say bulnens would be down by now and they're still in the in the, mm-hmm. in the fight at least for the for definitely for the playoff um yeah but but yeah, so and and Moreirense, like I said, I think if they win against Maritim, they they will stay up because at home against Vizela, um, I, I I think they will win. Um, and the, that game against Boa Vista on the weekend, it was. It's, it's, if I'm a manager, if I'm Sapinto, and there was the I don't know if you've seen the 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 video after the game where he punching yes. he's punching the smashing the dugout, the, the dugout and <laughs> and and. and you feel for him because they score yeah. almost at the end of, of the game and then Musa scores again for, for Bovista, giving Bovista the win. And you think that's yeah. that's it must be very, very hard to swallow, to be honest. And then get sent off. And then off with a celebration. So yeah, if you ask me to to I would say Bulnens Stondela and then to the playoff um Aroka. Oh, I don't know. It's it's quite hard. I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. 
it, it is a difficult one. I mean, the when we were saying before about the games that are remaining, you know, we we were speaking on one hand about Gil Vicente and how they they want to sort of guarantee it. They want to guarantee their 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 place in Europe and their place uh, fifth in the table. Or well, they've got a chance at home against Tondela. So Tondela aren't rocking up to play against you know a team with nothing to play for in Gil Vicente. It's two teams that have got something to play for just at opposite ends of the table. So again it'll make for a an interesting an interesting one. And then your point on on, on Bayside as well. Yeah. Um you know two 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 defeats in their last eight games, which is just something that we don't associate. Yeah, which, which with, by the way, sorry to, to interrupt you quickly. Because then on the last game, apart you have the Murenes Fizel that we spoke, then you have Waroka Bulnes. So Aroka Bulnes, the, it yeah. might be a, a last day of uh with the Gil yep. Vicente game, with the, the Vizela game and the Vilnius game, three games that no. can be very, very interesting. I really want to get. So, I just want to get. Yeah. Jonah the thirty-three out the way. <laughs> I want to get that out the way so I can see what's because the thing is, you can just see like all the results that that will basically take away the drama happening, and then you know even the same in in the in the Segunda Liga as well because there's a big. Big, big game on the last day of the season, which could decide automatic promotion too. But let's just hope that the most dramatic Jonathan uh, 33 happens, which then leads to sort of a final day up and down the leagues, which will be a, a, a crack. Which would be really. amazing. It can still, it's still unlikely because Porto only needs a point against Benfica and then even at the last game, they need only a point against Turil. But would be a very yeah. good last day of the season if you have Sporting and Porto still to the going for, for the league. Yeah. Gil Vicente mm-hmm. playing Guimarães for the, the fifth place and then these two games for, for avoiding the relegation. It can be one of the most fun final days of the season. Um, Exciting, of, yeah. Of the f- yeah. last few years. If you imagine last year, everything was kind of so done um, by then. It's better this way. It's yeah. better this way because we uh, we get to be more excited on the pod because a- every goal feels like it just means more as well. Like, oh my, you, I get a feeling like, oh my God, so, like something's happening here. You know, they, they're letting it slip. You know, how how is this happening? Like, it's just dramatic. Whereas when things are all sort of sewn up, it's... It's you know it can make for some good football, but also it's just the excitement factor. That's that's what we love. That's what we love about Portuguese football, um, and we need a little bit of that because um, we've had some bad games. We've had to endure this season. I'll be honest, some absolute stinkers. We've had to watch this year. Um, that might be a podcast we do uh, uh, in itself in the worst games we've ever watched. Um, I, I've got a feeling that that a, that that a few teams will be on there uh, more Often, than once. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so as I say, to, to, for all the 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 Segunda Liga stuff, we've got an article up on the website now which explains all of that um, to to do with those top three sides there. Um, just absolutely astounding uh, what what's happening there as well. Um, and then uh, we'd say, to be honest, we we cover our Portuguese abroad. We've had quite a, a, a big few days in, in Europe. Even uh, even tonight, we saw. Andre Silva go out uh, to Rangers. Rangers managed to, uh, to to pull that off against Leipzig. Gonzalo Paciencia's Frankfurt uh, have went through to the Europa League final. And then the Champions League last night, the big one, a very big one. Manchester City were somehow knocked out. The man I felt most for was actually Bernardo Silva because up until... The, the comeback, he was the best player on the pitch. He was absolutely... When City found their gear as well when they scored, he was 
unbelievable. Obviously, he provided the the assist, but it it wasn't just that. It was the sort of overall play defensively, and then sort of the uh, the Madrid yeah. do what Madrid but, do, and that's that's why they've won. That's why they've won what thirteen Champions no, League this <laughs> titles. A, obviously, it's not much, but because there's no really too much Portuguese crazy. influence there. But the way they won against PSG. The when they went yes. against Chelsea, now they were the one against City. Yeah. It's I think the the best thing for Liverpool is that they get they don't have a second leg at the Bernabeu, so at least yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they safe on, yeah. on that aspect. But yeah, it's it's just amazing. Just, and about the game yesterday, yeah. shame I think Ruben Diaz is probably had the worst game of his career so far. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. a nightmare, fifteen minutes for him. Um yeah. and yeah, it's it's a shame because it could have been if City went to the final. I think it could have been the Champions League final with the most number of Portuguese players. If we take obviously finals where Portuguese teams were involved, so yeah, it's, um, a shame on a shame. on that bet. But well, at least it was entertaining football. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, definitely, definite shame. Well, at least there'll be some. Uh, I think FC Porto supporters will be watching that final with uh, with keen intense. No one, there's probably be about what four or five players. And I'm pretty sure I, I don't remember in the deal, but I'm pretty sure winning the Champions League gives Porto more money. I it must have been in one be of the clauses, yeah. be like an extra ten yeah. if, if you guys win the Champions League. That sounds like. I mean, Luis Diaz is on course to win six trophies. He was he was brilliant the other day against Villarreal. He changed the game when he came on. Um, but um, yeah, we knew we knew he'd light it up. We knew you could just tell. Um, and then to be honest, oh, and and Jose Mourinho as well. Yeah, he's on course. Final of to the Conference League. Sergio Oliveira ever. Sergio Oliveira, Rui Patricio, yeah. Um, who 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 hasn't had the best of uh, recent weeks and months? To be honest. Um, some 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 errors. Let's just let's say, um, but yeah, Jose Mourinho is on course to become the first and the only, I suspect, for years to come manager to win uh, all all the UEFA trophies. Obviously, he's won the Champions League twice, UEFA Cup slash Europa League twice, and if he wins the Conference League, that'll be the uh, the hat trick, the clean sweep. Before we close the that's... shop, there's one yeah, player then. that has been completely under the radar. No one, I don't think, not many people speaking about it, not even in Portuguese, um, like newspapers or blogs or anything, which I think is as an amazing story. So, João Carlos, do you know who João Carlos is, Aaron? Academic Coimbra. Yes. So, this young man, yeah. well, young man, he's 27, spent a few <laughs> times in, <laughs> so yeah, no, young, in Portimonense. He was in Sturil when Sturil was last year in the Segunda Liga. He played 16 games or 17 games, never never scored a goal. So, he was a striker that, a Spora type of striker, doesn't score much. Um, yeah. This season, he's playing for Academica. Academica went down, as obviously you guys have heard, sure. went down for the first time to the Liga 3. Academic in total has 22 goals this season, which is crazy low. João Carlos, a striker that never scored, playing for the worst team in the league, has 17 of those goals. That's ins- yeah, that's it's insane. Insane. That is insane. As a story, <laughs> Do you know, I came across I, I came across him today actually when I was looking at because when I was doing the article about the Segunda Liga and I was seeing. Uh, the, the sort of who the top scoring sides out of those three sides, 
Um, and interestingly, I think it was it might have been Shavs have only got one, uh, one player who scored more than ten goals. Casabia uh, don't have anyone who scored more than ten goals. I don't think, or they might have one uh, who's got ten. And I was thinking, this is that, this is this is this is crazy. Like there's some teams who, who and then you say someone like Joao Carlos who's scoring what like ninety percent of his club's goals or eighty percent of whatever it is. Which is just outrageous. He's um, twenty seven. He's Brazilian, yeah. isn't he? But, but yeah, because it's, like the the thing that I it's a good story. Yeah. Most is he was not like a crazy goal scorer before. It's having no, the best just, season of his career in the worst season of a club in career. the worst season it's, ever. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's what's what do we, what's next for him? What's next for him? He's going to get another crack at the second league, yeah, isn't he? Surely. Probably. He's got to. Brian Rochez leaves Nacional to somewhere else and he yes. gets to Nacional. I'll, I'll, that'll be yeah. my bet. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's remarkable. Can see. <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, 27, so just to start kicking on uh, like that. And um, yeah, to be honest, I think uh, I'm, looking for, I'm already looking forward to next next season just to see Sort of what happens with a couple of players. I'm excited to see what happens with Beto, who's at obviously Udinese this season. It's injured yeah, he's now. A, um, quite he's, a shame. Yeah, he's uh, you know he he starts off the season well. I think he I think he, he I think he's expected to. I don't think he's gonna miss the final get final games of the season. I think he's expected to be back. Um, but I'm not too sure. Like soon, I'll have to check with a. Uh, Check with an Italian correspondent on Twitter for that one, um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, to, to next season. But we've got so much coming uh, with the with the podcast, and um, so much looking forward to uh, obviously the World Cup. We've got the end of this season, then we'll have a couple of transfer specials. But also when there's no football or when there's uh, when there's a bit of a a stop gap that's needed, we'll be producing some specials. So. It won't necessarily be things that are happening now, um, but it'll be episodes either like focusing on a club side from the past, uh, you know that 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 we loved watching, or it might be a profile of a manager, um, something something like that. We are thinking about doing a managerial series. We already have one episode recorded, which I've kept back uh, to to hopefully do a couple of more and then release them as a series. Uh, so, if you as a listener want to put a recommendation in then that's completely fine just hit us up either on email or send us a tweet send us a dm or if you're on patreon you can send us a message which goes directly to my phone uh with might be an idea for you just might want to know a little bit more about a particular team you know you might not have been around in the early 2000s and you want to know for example you know how did you know how did Jose Mourinho's 2004 Porto compare to to one of his teams now or maybe a player that you always hear about, but you don't know too much about, and uh, you 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 want us to really sort of dig into the archives and and uh, and explain, or it might just be a, a Portuguese football story. It might be you might not know too much about what we were speaking about earlier with the the Milan and split. You might want to know a little bit too more about that. Um, so yeah, just just get in touch. Let us know, and we're happy to take suggestions because you know the content we do is is for you at the end of the day. So. Again, thank you for listening. It's absolutely brilliant to be back. We'll be a lot more consistent going forward and we've got some uh, big news coming soon as well, so you'll see that soon. 
Um, but Philippe, as always, thank you for joining me. Thank you, mate. And let's hope everything is still on for next week, that nothing gets decided <laughs> this week and we can have a cracker of a last day. Thank you for listening. Take care.